If you were here last week or you took the time to listen to the podcast, then you know that I felt like there were two words that the Lord gave me this year for our church family for the year 2016. And those words are further deeper. Everyone say further deeper. Hopefully you were able to listen last week. If not, we looked at Luke 5 where Jesus gets into Peter's boat. And I shared with you that if we will untie our boat, if we will launch out into the deep, and if we would be willing to cast our nets again, then we will be astonished at what God will do. Because God's desire for our lives is nothing less than to fill our nets. In fact, that was my sermon in a sentence last week, that God's desire is nothing less than to fill our nets. Now listen, anytime you hear or read something in scripture that has to do with filling, pay attention because it is most likely trying to teach us something about the Holy Spirit. If you remember, Jesus told Peter to do something that was absolutely insane, made no sense. He said, cast into the deeper waters and let down your nets. And we talked about this, but they had been fishing all night and they had caught nothing. But not only that, the deep water is not where these fishermen were used to fishing from. The type of fishing that Peter and James and John and Andrew, that these guys did, it was in shallow water. So to even say cast out and fish in the deep water was absolutely insane. It made no sense. But Peter obeyed. He may have been a little disgruntled or did it begrudgingly, but he obeyed. He did what Jesus told him to do. And of course, we know the results. The results were abundance, right? What Jesus was showing his disciples, and I want you to hear me, what Jesus was showing his disciples is the difference between living a life with the limitations of our own perspective, our own abilities, and a life completely surrendered to God. And when you're completely surrendered to God, the Holy Spirit will blow away our perspectives and our abilities. How many of you found that to be true? Raise your hand if you found that to be true. The Holy Spirit can blow you away with what he's able to do in our life. This is, this is what it means to live by the Spirit. And tonight I'm starting an eight-week teaching series called Holy Spirit Rain, if you want to write that in your notes. Holy Spirit Rain. And that's R-E-I-G-N, not R-A-I-N, not Holy Spirit Rain down on us. Although we could talk about that too, and maybe we will. But Holy Spirit Rain. We talk about the, the person and work of Jesus all the time, right? And we also talk about the Holy Spirit. But this series, we're going to be focusing in on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and what it means to have a life that is led by him because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's my sermon in a sentence tonight. You can write that down. If you're visiting, I like to give a sermon in a sentence. It helps keep me focused because I'm kind of ADD, okay? So the sermon in a sentence tonight is that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation of the ministry of of Jesus Christ. The, the vision of Soma Church is helping people live like Jesus Christ. Okay, but listen, ain't nobody gonna live like Jesus Christ if they 
don't have the Holy Spirit, if they're not aware of the Holy Spirit. You can't live a life that Jesus has called us to live without the Holy Spirit. And let me say this. I'll be as bold as to say this. If a Christ follower's life is not continually looking more and more like Jesus Christ, there's a good chance that that person may not really be a Christ follower. Or it could be that this someone is a Christ follower, but they're in a place of rebellion in their life and they're not willing to even allow the Holy Spirit to, to reign in their lives. And we've all been to that place one way or the other where God's speaking something to us. He's asking us to do something. He's asking to be something that we just ugh, can barely be in that moment. We've all had those rebellious moments and even seasons. Or it could just be if someone is not progressing more and more and more into a life of Jesus Christ, it could just be simply that they don't have a, a solid understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how he works and moves and the role that he plays in our lives. The purpose of this teaching series is threefold. Okay, First of all, to give us the understanding that I'm talking about, to help us understand the person and work of the Holy Spirit, who he is. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's this, this phrase that's used in Scripture. What, what is that? And then what about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12? We're going to be talking about every one of those gifts because it's important. Another reason we're going through this is to, um, to inspire and challenge all of us to actually live a life that the Holy Spirit reigns and rules and is controlled by. Some of you might be thrown off, oh, something, something else, someone else controlling my life. Absolutely. It's all through Scripture. When you look at Paul's letters in the New Testament, he is constantly talking about the battle between the flesh and the Spirit. He is constantly urging us to leave our old life behind where we were ruled and reigned by our flesh and to push forward to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received in Christ Jesus by living by the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, all of those things. So hopefully this teaching series will really encourage us, challenge us, inspire us to, to give more of our life, which is, which is what we're after this year, to go further, deeper. Amen? One other thing I thought about and. And hopefully I always do this, but I certainly want to do this in this teaching series. I want to communicate these things in such a way that when you find yourself with someone else in a discipleship relationship or otherwise, that you can transfer this information and the heart behind it to someone else. You know, all of us are supposed to be engaged in discipleship. We should be being discipled um, and pouring in to someone else. Listen, at some point, you may be across the, the coffee shop table or you may be sitting on the couch in your living room or going for a walk at Rose Redmond Trails in a discipleship moment and the person you're discipling may ask you or you may be even asking, uh, so the Holy Spirit, what is it? What is it? And that's what I want to start with tonight. Write this down. The Holy Spirit 
is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a who. (laughs) In fact, the Holy Spirit is a he. Real quick, turn to John 16. I want you to turn there because I want you to maybe underline or circle or draw some things out. The Holy Spirit is a he. John 16, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 16. And just look, look, start looking at verse 7 because I'm going to start reading and you can catch up with me. But I tell you the truth, and this is red letters, so this is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. And he's talking about when he would leave this earth and ascend to the heavenly father. He said, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, but if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And and look on down in verse 12. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. They They just weren't ready. And the reason is, is because they haven't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit yet. He said, I have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them yet. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. But... Uh, For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Are you guys starting to pick up what Jesus is laying down? He will glorify me and he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. In verse 15, he says, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he talking about the Holy Spirit, takes of mine and will disclose it to you. I don't know about you, but it's very clear that the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. Let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit is a person. You can write that down. The Holy Spirit, he's a person. He's a person who has insight, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11 talks about how the Spirit just knows the thoughts of God and helps us to know them. Whoa, that's a huge advantage. Remember what Jesus said? It would be to your advantage that I go away and send he, him, the helper. Before Melissa and I started Soma Church, months before, the months leading up to that, we had several different job offers that... Um, youth pastors and worship leaders and, and different things like that. Um, I went and, and pursued one of those in Michigan City, Indiana. It was a worship leader position, big church, great salary. Um, I got to see what would have been my office. It was this big office, and it was literally a music studio. Those of you who know me, I'm a musician. I like that kind of stuff. And so I was like, oh, oh, oh. you know, I thought, this is it. This is it. And I called Melissa and I was like, I think this is it. You know, and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. You know, because we had been praying, you guys. We had been fasting. Lord, what do you want? What is our next assignment for us? What do you want? I thought this was it. So that night after I had led worship that morning 
and spent time with leaders and, and luncheons and dinners and all that stuff so they could see who I am, I could see who they are. I went back to my room, and I really never do this. I promise. Write. <laughs> I, don't ever, I don't ever take a pen out and just start writing or journaling. I just, I'm just terrible at it. But for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to write. I grabbed a pen and one of the little pads that are in the hotel rooms, and I just started to think. And here's what comes out on paper. How do you help people live the life of Jesus Christ in Tyler? I was like, oh, no. Because staying in Tyler, not that it's a bad thing, but it meant Melissa and I would be broke. <laughs> Seriously, when we first started SOMA, I literally worked three or four jobs for a few years. But that is what God spoke to me. You know why? Because he has insight. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. And he helps us to know them. The Holy Spirit is a person who has knowledge. Romans chapter 8 verse 27 tells us to have the mind of the Spirit. It talks about the mind of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, did you know he has a will? And we'll, we'll talk about this little section of Scripture when we get to uh, week 4, I believe. But in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how the Spirit gives gifts just as He wills or just as He determines. So everyone in this room, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you that He has already determined to give to you. Some of you know what those are. Some of you are on the journey to find out. And it's exciting, isn't it? Oh, I thought maybe that would be exciting. (laughs) I could say all kinds of things about who the person is. I'll say one more. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. In Ephesians 4.30, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And think about what grief is. Grief is an emotion. You do realize things don't have emotions. This little wireless headset, it doesn't have an emotion. It's not going to feel grief. It's don't have emotion. But a he does. A him does. The Holy Spirit does. Why? Because he's a person. To view the Holy Spirit as an it means that you will either be afraid of him or you will abuse him. And there's really two extreme camps on both of those sides. Some of you may come from extreme camps where the Holy Spirit, we're, all, we're afraid of that. And, and I, it's understandable. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's mysterious. I mean, look at the second chapter of Acts when the Holy Spirit comes down at Pentecost. I mean, people are like, what is going on? People accused the disciples of being drunk. Why? Because of what was going on and what was happening. It's mysterious. And it could be a little scary, I suppose. But you know, there's, there's some that, that don't either understand or have just made the conscious choice to refuse what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. And really, it's because of fear. 
There are denominations that exclude the Holy Spirit other than the Holy Spirit draws you and seals you in Christ. But after that, he just kind of kicks back and is, you know, playing video games or something. And so they would say that the Holy Spirit, or specifically the gifts of the operation, really the person in the work of, outside of drawing and sealing us in Christ, those things have done... Those things died out with the apostles. Anybody who's doing or you see something, that's, that's a farce and it's fake. Which is an extreme opposite end. Because if you see the Holy Spirit as an it, not only might you be afraid of it, but you could also abuse it. And some of us have seen that. Some of us have seen people... Um, operate or, or say they're doing something in the spirit. And it's not, it's not the spirit, it's the flesh. And they may be using the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the, or the Holy Spirit has told me or I feel like the Holy Spirit said to me to get what they want, to manipulate, to control a situation or to further their agenda. Things can get crazy, things can get weird. I've seen people who literally treat the Holy Spirit like an it, literally like a, like a rabbit's foot, even, when I need something, uh, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Alibaba, you know, one, two, three, whatever, you know, and that's not it. Why? Because, you know, we don't treat people like that. We treat things like that. So we've got to know who is this Holy Spirit? Who is he? You can't boast about having a relationship with God and continue to be ignorant of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean that word ignorant as in an ignoramus, but rather unaware of the person in the work of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Have we established that tonight? What I want to do is I want to show you three primary things that I think will help you wrap your head and your heart around who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Are you ready? You got your pen, you got your paper. If you don't take notes, man, I'm bummed for you because God could be speaking things out of this service sermon all week rather than leaving and be like, what did Tony say? Of course, I guess you could always go listen to the podcast. But that's not the point. The Holy Spirit is God. Write that down. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Now, if Trinity is a new word for you, maybe you've been out of church for a long time or you've never been in church, I don't really have time to explain what the Trinity is other than God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. The Holy Spirit is God. Why? Because he is part of the Godhead. One of, the, one of my favorite Passages of scripture that prove this, and it's uh, there's multiple reasons I like it, but it's in Acts chapter 5, and this is when Ananias and Sapphira um, they sold some property, and they were they had committed to give a certain amount to the apostles for the for the um, needs of the church, and so um, and they, it was a very generous amount that they you know said they were gonna give, and so but what happened is is that the amount that they gave. Um, they say we're going to give all of it, but it wasn't the same amount. In other words, they had lied. And Peter said to him, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit 
and to keep back some of the price of the land while it remained unsold. Did you not, did it not remain your own after it was sold? Was it not under your control? In other words, you, you could have done whatever you wanted. You could have kept some of it or all of it or given half of it or none of it. It's your prerogative. But why are you lying about this? He says, why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Now, I don't know if you saw it or heard it rather, but he says, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? You haven't lied to men, but to God. Wow. So the Holy Spirit is God. Of course he is. And you know what? He was there in the beginning. Genesis 1 says that, that the earth was formless and void and that the Spirit hovered over the water. Well, it's the same Spirit. It's not one that was there then, but not now. And no, it's the same Spirit. He was there in the beginning. And guess what? Fortunately for us, he is there in the now. Are you guys with me? This is good news for you. The Holy Spirit, the power and presence of God in our lives is here in the now. If you look at Psalm 139, he says, remember what the psalmist says, where could I go from your spirit? And of course, the answer is nowhere. He goes on to say, if I went to the heights or the depths or left or right, he didn't say that. He's not talking about the hokey pokey or anything. But he's saying, I couldn't go anywhere from your presence. Why? Because it's always with those who belong to God. There's another place that says um, that the Spirit knows the thoughts. This is 1 Corinthians 2. The Spirit knows the thoughts of God and helps us to know them. We actually already quoted that. Why? Because he's now. He's there in the now. We never have to wonder. We never have to, to um, um, feel like the Lord doesn't communicate us. He does. Because by, through the Holy Spirit, he is with us now. And of course, he's there at the end. He will always be. Revelation 22 says the spirit and the bride say come. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is God. Listen, I think for the most part, we all get that. You know, you've been, most of us have been raised in, in denominations or have heard it at least that, um, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, one way or the other. I want to affirm tonight in this series as we begin, God, uh, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is also good. Write that down. The Holy Spirit is good. He has to be. Why? Because he's God. (laughs) Because he is God, he can only relate to us in ways that are good. For example, he convicts us. John 16 says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Again, this is good. Some of you are like, no, I hate it when he convicts me of sin. Are you kidding me? If he didn't, then you wouldn't humbly come before God and confess that sin and be healed, to be made whole. It is a blessing that he convicts us of sin because if not, Scripture says that sin separates us from God. There's a divide between us and God when there is sin reigning and ruling in our life. But thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit reigning and he convicts. It's good, right? He counsels. He teaches. He counsels. John 14, 6. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I thought earlier while I was, I was um, kind of going over my notes, I thought about how that's good for this year. 
Because we want to go further, we want to go deeper. And many of you have already told me one way or the other, emails or personally or texts, that you really do want to go further, deeper this year. And I'm telling you, as you go further and you learn and you ingest, when the time comes, we were just promised that he will bring those things to remembrance. That word that we've poured into us will never return void. It will always return with a purpose and it will be purposed and put into our hearts right at the right time for the right reasons. Isn't that good? He counsels us. He teaches us. He's also the comforter. John 14, 16, just a few verses earlier than the one we just read, says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. That word helper is actually the same word in, in verse 26. It can mean the counselor. It can mean the comforter. It says that the helper may be with you forever. Talk about grief. Talk about the things that we've experienced. Everything from disappointment to um, depression, the Holy Spirit is able to come and comfort us. Probably one of the least one of the least utilized attributes of the Holy Spirit in the church. And I say that because our grief can grasp our necks; it can grip us. And when you're gripped by grief, you're not who you're supposed to be. That grief could be anything from um, um, a death of a family member or someone you love or a really strong offense by someone or disappointment. And if we're not able able to grieve it biblically and allow the Holy Spirit to work, it's bad news down the road. Holy Spirit is our guide. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. I thought about this earlier today. This is good news for me, that he is my guide, that he guides me into all truth, because I have this weakness. One of my weaknesses in my faith is that the enemy comes in like the accuser that he is, and he he tells me lies about this situation or that situation. And sometimes those lies grip my heart because of what, what the, the point of it is or whatever. And I can find myself easily getting into despair. Am I the only one that has ever had that? Oh man, it can come like a flood. And as much as we try, sometimes if we let our guard down or just when we're unaware, he can come in with a lie that can, that can take you down to the depths. But one of the things I'm learning in my faith is to focus on truth. What do I know to be true? When this lie comes, is there anything true that I can grab on and hold on to for dear life? And you know what I found? The more I'm in God's word, the more I have to hold on to. And the less those lies from the enemy grip my heart. And I love it. And you will too. (laughs) Another thing is that the Holy Spirit is a friend. It might be interesting to think of it that way, but the Holy Spirit is, is, a, is our friend. When, when David failed with Bathsheba, Nathan the prophet came to him and said, man, you, you have messed up, you have failed. And of course, David was immediately repentant. And in his prayer, in Psalm 51, he says, cast me not away from your presence, O God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because if there's one thing David knew, it was what the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life can accomplish. Please don't take that away from me. And not just the benefits of the Holy Spirit, but the relationship. David truly had a relationship. He still failed, like we all do, but he truly had a relationship 
with the Holy Spirit. I'll give you one more. The Holy Spirit is good in that he prays for us or he intercedes for us. Romans 8, 26, it says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He says, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And we'll talk more about this, I believe, in week seven, about how the Holy Spirit prays for us, the different ways that he prays for us. But there are times when the situation is so intense that our feeble, humanly words ain't gonna get anything done. And so the Holy Spirit says, I got this. And he begins interceding. It's really, really powerful. So the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is good. And and then I'm gonna end with this one. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Write that down. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Let me say it this way. The Holy Spirit is the gift. When you start talking about the Holy Spirit, whether you're coming from a I'm afraid of it camp or I abuse it camp, a lot of times the focus is the gifts. You guys understand what I'm talking about? The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That that's the focus. That's what we're after. That's, what's, that's what I can judge things by. That's what I'm after. That's, and there's not anything completely wrong with that because we are supposed to even desire the greater gifts, Paul says. But what happens is our attention are on these gifts that the gift wills for us instead of on the gift himself. And that's why there's a lot of abuse in the body of Christ as it relates to the gifts of the Holy Spirit because there's not truly a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us. You guys writing it down? It's okay. You know your kids were crying like that before you got here. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a gift given to us. John 16, I tell you the truth, Jesus is talking. It's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, the helper will come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us. We just got out of the Christmas season. Come on, that's your favorite part. When someone gives a gift to you. The Holy Spirit is a gift given for us. In that same passage of scripture, he says, it's to your advantage that I go away. What I'm doing, this is for your benefit. I could stay or I can go. And let me tell you, and this is Jesus' words. If I go, it is a greater benefit to you. The Holy Spirit is a gift for you. And the last one is this. The Holy Spirit is a gift that is put in us. In us, John 14, 7. The spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, but it does not see him or know him because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he's talking about himself. You're looking at the spirit of truth, Jesus, white robe and everything. But very soon, he will be in you. You know, the, you know the disciples were tripping. They were like, man. But that's what he said. Right now, the spirit of truth is with you, but very soon it will be in you. And of course, 1 John three twenty four. he abides in us. Jesus abides in us by the spirit 
whom he, Jesus, has given us. Jesus abides in us by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Of course he does. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. We'll talk more about that. The Holy Spirit who is in you. 1 Corinthians 3, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? On that note, I'm going to show you one more scripture. This is Galatians chapter 4. And I want you to turn there. I want you to turn to Galatians 4 in your Bible, in your device. And I want you to get ready to mark something. Galatians chapter 4. And and this is only one verse that I'm going to highlight. But I want you, if it's not already highlighted in your Bible, I want you to circle it or underline it or do whatever it is that you do. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6. It says that God has sent forth his son into our hearts. You know what? I think I'm going to read the whole thing. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoptions as sons. This is already just teeming with relationship. Verse six, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. Just real quick, everybody look up at me. In general, a master doesn't have a relationship with a slave, but he has a relationship with a son. Right? Look at it one more time. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And there's lots of good stuff in in what that means. I don't have time to go into that right now. Maybe, uh, Maybe another time. Listen to me, and you can write this down. My initial connection with God has been made possible through Jesus Christ. We recognize that. Right? Right? Our initial connection with God has been made possible through Christ, through the bloodshed of Jesus. He came, he lived a perfect life, sinless, did nothing wrong, but was accused and put on a cross and died and shed blood that we might have forgiveness of sin. We who were sinful. We who deserved punishment. We didn't have to be punished. Jesus took the punishment on himself. And because of that, I have a connection with God. Some of you may be here and you don't have a connection with God yet because you haven't professed a faith in who Jesus is and what he came to do as real and relevant in your life. But those of us who have, the continual connection with God is made possible by the Holy Spirit. My initial connection with God is through Jesus. My continual connection with God is made possible through the Holy Spirit. Of course, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus Christ. I want you to stand.
And I have a question for you. Actually, I'm, 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 I think what I'll do tonight is I will answer a question that you might have. You might be saying, okay, relationship, Holy Spirit's a person. You might be thinking, how do I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You can maybe rattle off five to ten things about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. But what does it mean to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And can I say that that's the question that we're going to be answering specifically next week, but as we go on. But tonight I want to tell you this. Acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is God. In your head, in your heart, out loud, to someone else. Acknowledge that he's God. Acknowledge that he is good. In light of your current trials and tribulations, acknowledge that the the helper that Jesus sent to help you is good. Doesn't feel good. He is good. Doesn't seem good. He is good. Doesn't seem like a helper, counselor, comforter. He is. He is. This year, go further. And he will take you deeper and he will reveal reveal himself more to you. He is good. Acknowledge that he's God. Acknowledge that he is good. And acknowledge that he's a gift. When someone gives us something, there is usually great appreciation in response. Appreciate what has been given. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent the helper. Thank you that because the Holy Spirit is in me, you tell me that I'm able to do um, greater works or in more abundance than even you did on the earth. You were here three years. I've been here 41. I have the ability to to do not so much greater, but more because I have the Holy Spirit in me. And that's a promise. Greater things than these will you do. Implying it's because of the Holy Spirit. Acknowledge he's God. Acknowledge that he's good. Push through and see the good. And when you acknowledge that it's a gift, truly see it as a gift, what happens is gratitude rises up in your spirit. (laughs) Thankfulness in your spirit. And let me tell you, when you are a believer, who has thankfulness and gratitude in your heart, I promise you, you can go further, deeper.